0: The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos.
1: It's a brand new year here on Media Noise. Thank you so much for joining us today and hopefully throughout 2022. Andy Mazur coming up to talk about Ken Rosenthal's dismissal from the, the MLB network. We will also visit with Ryan McGuire to uh, talk about the way that the Chicago sports scene rallied in support of Jeff Dickerson's son in the wake of his death. All of that is just ahead. But first, maybe you saw JB's column on Monday, but we are going through some changes here at BarrettSportsMedia.com. We've got some great new people coming on board. You've already seen Will Dundon writing some news for us. Danny O'Neill contributed his first column to the site earlier today, if you are listening to this on Friday when it drops. And then Ian Castleberry will come over and take my spot Uh, as editor of the site, and I'm going to move up to a more, I don't know, maybe I'm a suit now. Maybe it's a more corporate role. I I keep trying to figure out the right way to say this, but I'm going to keep hosting Media Noise. There are so many more great announcements coming as we head towards the top 20, towards the BSM Summit in New York in March. Those things are very much in the foreground right now, but no, we made some big announcements, and we've got more coming. BSM and BNM, too, because you saw they rolled out excuse me a new position for eduardo rosa they uh launched their newsletter the rundown earlier this week barrett media as a whole 2022 is going to be a transformative year and it is all going to be for good so please stick with us and keep paying attention uh to what it is we're doing because by the end of the year we may not look like the same company that you started following five or six years ago and that will be a good thing this week, it has been virtually impossible to avoid headlines about Ken Rosenthal, Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manford, and the MLB Network. Andy Mazur wrote about Rosenthal's um, uh, unforeseen, or I guess, uh, yeah, I think unforeseen is probably the best way to say it, dismissal from the MLB Network. Andy, there is a lot to talk about here. The, the hot rumor or the report is that this is related to to a piece that Rosenthal wrote not for the MLB Network but for The Athletic that painted Manford in an unflattering light based on how he and Major League Baseball were handling COVID. We have seen a lot of unpopular commissioners in the time that we have been covering sports. You have been around Major League Baseball covering it uh, in various forms, and you have seen... Guys go through peaks and valleys of being popular with fan bases. I have never seen a commissioner that just keeps finding new valleys. There are no peaks.
2: It's true. I mean, uh, you know, before uh, Rob Manfred, you would have to probably say Gary Bettman would be the, the closest <laughs> right. to it because nobody likes him. <laughs> and he's he's kind of well aware of that when he goes out to uh, hand out a Stanley Cup and he expects the booze and it, it's fine with him at this point. Yeah, I think he's kind of steering into the skid. But it doesn't seem like Manfred has that same easygoing personality when it comes to criticism. And, you know, I read the piece that uh, Rosenthal wrote about him. I didn't see one personal attack. I didn't see one thing questioning his manhood. I didn't see one thing that was out of line, that even crossed a line, because everything that Ken wrote was absolute truth. It was a travesty the way that that was handled before the COVID-shortened uh, season of 2020 began. It should have started a lot earlier than it did. I'm not saying they were going to be able to play 162 games, but they certainly could have played more than 60. And I think that it was kind of a combination because, you know, obviously the commissioner is beholden to the owners. There were some owners in that uh, in that group that didn't want to play at all. Yeah. So yeah. It, it didn't help him. But at the same time, I, this is making it worse, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I agree with you completely because one thing that we have heard a lot, and look, I'm not going to pretend to be a, a baseball guy at all, but – I am not the commissioner of Major League Baseball, right? Like, we have heard that very same criticism of Rob Manfred. He doesn't get the fans because he's not a baseball guy. An action like this, you know, if you're not a baseball guy, you must be in that role because you are a good businessman, you're good with PR. I mean, an action like this proves, man, the commissioner of Major League Baseball isn't a baseball guy and he doesn't get PR either.
2: No, I mean, this is another one of a a long line of recent black eyes for the sport. And it's, it's not it's not needed. I mean <laughs> right. the the game is the game is good right now. There's a lot of young stars that uh, that that fan bases are really rallying around. Uh, the ratings were up, streaming services were up. I mean, it was all good. And now you've got this. And yeah. it just on the surface just seems like a a knee jerk reaction and kind of an egomaniacal move where you're saying, well, Ken Rosenthal, you might be respected by everybody else, but you can't take those shots at me without consequences.
1: There is nothing in the Rosenthal situation that could have been done to make things better, but certainly, like, how do you make a lockout worse for yourself as commissioner of the league? And and here's the thing, maybe it is just us in the media looking at this going, this is absolutely absurd, but, you know, without Major League Baseball uh, having MLB Network producing new programming, without MLB Network Radio talking about what is actually going on? It is that independent media that's left to tell the story of baseball right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, and Ken Rosenthal is a great storyteller. And Ken Rosenthal, as I mentioned in the piece, is one of the most respected guys in the industry. I mean, the information that he provides is not coming from uh, somebody who told somebody who told somebody who told somebody. <laughs> right. It's coming right from the source. But, I mean, you, you talk about one of the deans of this, of this industry and you know, one of the, the kings of newsbreaking, it's Ken. And I think that he has built up that kind of a reputation with the fans of baseball, where maybe it's not just the media. Maybe it's, you know, a fan bases now that are are trying to cling to those same kind of little nuggets that you know that we are that are gonna miss that on one particular network. And uh, they'll go other places to find Ken Rosenthal.
1: I don't know that I think it even needs to be asked if this makes his job harder going forward. One thing I will ask you and and take off the hat of the guy that has worked around baseball for a long time and put on the hat of the guy that loves baseball. Now, being, now having this adversarial relationship with Manford and thus the league, does this give Rosenthal a little more credibility, a little more coolness in your eyes? It certainly does. <laughs> I mean, he's the kid, he's the kid
2: poking the bear, right? right. I mean, uh, you know, there's not a lot of kids on the block that want to go poke the bear. And to be honest with you, I don't think he really poked the bear. I think he threw like a little pebble at the bear and the bear got angry and the bear wanted to flex its muscles and, and show who was boss, where maybe the bear isn't even that big uh, <laughs> in, in, in this particular point, you know? But, you know, as a guy, again, who loves baseball and loves the game, this is not helping things yeah. at all. There, there's there's nothing going on. And there are a lot of people that I know who are not in the media that are fans of, uh, of the teams in Chicago that look forward every February or March to getting out of the eight-degree weather that we're suffering through right now to go to Arizona to watch the White Sox or the Cubs. Is that going to happen this year?
1: I, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, a terribly sad story, obviously, over the holiday break as Jeff Dickerson, a uh, very popular reporter in the NFL and personality on ESPN 1000. A lot of you probably knew him from his national radio days on ESPN radio in uh, during the weekends. He passed away, and that itself is a terrible story. But the fact that his wife had passed away just a few years earlier leads to an even more awful story, which is the fact that their son, Parker has now lost both of his parents. Ryan McGuire wrote a very, I think, uplifting story highlighting how not just the radio station, Ryan, and really not just the city of Chicago, but the sports community as a whole really rallied around this kid and could not, you know, could not want to give more when asked in order to show Parker Dickerson some support.
0: Yeah, Demetri, was... Um, It was a difficult story for me to write because, you know, uh, I worked um, with the same team in Chicago as as J.D. did. But it was also a very easy story to write because there were so many people that were willing to pay tribute to Jeff and his life and his work and what he meant to them. And I mentioned this in the story. Um, You know, what we saw happen um, over the days that followed Jeff's passing were, um, you know, you could make a case that it, it shows the power of radio as a medium and how effective it is and, and how it, well it continues to engage consumers. You can certainly make the case that this um, was a testament to how cancer uh, in all of its, Forms has affected so many people and bonded people through tragedy. You know, I, you know, we have two staffers um, on ESPN 1000 that are cancer survivors. Uh, one of them, of course, being Mark Silverman, who had his very well-publicized battle with cancer. Um, and then Fred Huebner, um, who had his battle with cancer uh, years ago. And ironically enough, those two were on the air and had to make the announcement of Jeff's passing um, to the people of Chicago on ESPN 1000. Um, you know, it, it also certainly speaks to the power of social media because you know when Adam Schefter and his eight plus million followers got word of this, it, it <laughs> right. became very it, it became very viral. Um, and and that's when you really saw, you know. Athletes, NFL team owners, and and team executives really chip in. It was quite the who's who of, uh, you know, of, of celebrities amongst the fifteen more than fifteen thousand um, donations that came in. Um, and as of you know, our conversation, over mil, one point over one point one million dollars has been raised uh, as a trust for. Uh, Jeff's son, Parker. But, you know, what this really boils down to in the final analysis is this was all about about Jeff Dickerson and the person mm-hmm. he was and how many lives he impacted. Um, you know, there's a great... It's been passed around on social media, but, you know, Jeff, who was our, our Bears reporter for many years, um, there's a great video Uh, I believe it was the day after he passed away, Uh, Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach in his regular uh, press conference, you know, started by talking about Jeff. And it it wasn't a half-hearted, you know, hey, we're sorry for your loss or something that the PR staff wrote for him. I mean, he went basically freestyled and just kind of talked about his relationship with Jeff and shared memories of what it was like. You know, seeing Jeff at the practice facility every day and press conferences every day and the relationship that they had together. And it was, you know, you got a lot of that um, from Bears players and other assistant coaches. And, um, you know, it it, it really, you know, tells the tale of uh, a life that was taken away from us way too soon, Mm -hmm. but a a life that was, was very, very well lived.
1: And a life that I think in Chicago, I am sure, in the media, I can say for sure, I I think we were aware of that family's initial tragedy, right? Like I I remember the story when Jeff said he was going to step away from covering the Bears and being on radio to really focus on Parker immediately after his wife died, I, I can't imagine that that didn't really impact a, a lot of at least his colleagues that were stepping up to donate in that moment.
0: Well, it did. Um, and, and, you know, um, Jeff kept his own diagnosis out of the public eye. Right. Uh, his close friends uh, in the media certainly knew about it and, and they were there for him, um, you know, in, in, hospice with him um, enjoying some time of a few days before he passed away but yeah, I mean, you, you, you really saw um, the entire Chicago media, regardless of, and look, it's a competitive market, you know that, um, but you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, um, you know, there there is a real fellowship amongst people that do what we do for a living. And uh, you really saw um, everyone in uh, the city of Broad Shoulders really step up.
1: All right, that will do it for us today. I want to thank Andy Mazer, obviously, for taking the time to talk about Ken Rosenthal, uh, Rob Manfred, and the MLB Network. And, of course, uh bittersweet conversation with Ryan McGuire. Please, if you can donate uh, to Parker's Fund, please do. You can probably go to our site and look up in the top left-hand corner The story that Ryan wrote has been the most read thing on the website all week. If it is not there, just click the little magnifying glass in the top right-hand corner and search for Jeff Dickerson. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. This
0: concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise Podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit barrettsportsmedia.com.